on page Reshiud Beis. We'll do this quickly. Here the Mahabras at the end of every section, he reminds us that all the Avaidah that we're talking about, we've been talking about the Avaidah of beginning, beginning to enter into the world of Ahavas Hashem, the midst of Ahavas Hashem, that for people like ourselves to begin, of course, with the Ahava She'enu, Ahava Tlui Bedava, and Ahava Tlui Bedava means the Avod of, of constantly, constantly reviewing and remembering and thinking about every single second that what I have is from Baruch Hu, my ability to think about having it, etc., etc., what we spoke about the last few weeks. That's the avoid when a person comes to live with that reality that Hashem is constantly mashpia taif to him, is constantly giving him every single second. So that's the hisbonanus that a person must use in order to begin to feel eventually some Ahavas Hashem. But as always, the as always, the Mechaber reminds us that this Avaida cannot be just a matter of his bonus thinking about it, even saying it, but it has to be together with the Kaddish Baruch. At the end of each section of Avaida, he reminds us, what's that? So let's go. Quickly, Reishid Beis. This Nekudah that we've been learning, a person has to take it and has to live with it. Be'amis. Besides that it brings to Ahav Sashem, as we're going to see, the This also has a very, very powerful effect on the person's whole way of relating to to things of this world. To relating to things. I was just talking to somebody this morning from, from outside the shul, a fellow came, we were talking. And he has a difficult thing in his life uh, that that came up recently, and he said that if this would have if this would have happened to him uh, a year ago, it would have it would have destroyed him. It would have destroyed. Him. He said the word that he used it is that it was it was it would have, it would have been a monster that would have just destroyed him. But now that he's been learning so strongly the the the, the storm of the Bilvav Mishkanavna, he's over and over and over is trying to think. In this way of Amuna, Lashgacha practice, so it's not a monster anymore. He said it needs to be taken care of, and I'll and I'll make the shtalus to take care of it. I'll do what I can, but it's not swallowing me up. It's not this big monster, because this whole mahalach is a mahalach of living with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, uh, every single second, and that every second is what's happening to a person is is Lashgacha uh, practice. And it's from Hashem Mishbarach. So therefore, a person's whole way of looking at, at physical life, at the world around him, is different. And he's able to detach himself. It's able to bring him to his natkus amitis that he's not so dependent upon and bound up with and and groveling in the oil in the physical world. When you feel that this is mine, like we spoke about some of the, we had some examples last week, if this is mine, and now someone's taking it, or I'm losing it, but it's mine, then obviously, that hurts. It could, it, 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 it's, it could throw me completely, completely off balance. But if, if I don't have bias over anything, if it's not mine, if it's not mine, so then a person's able to, to deal with it, with everything. So what this what this way of living does is that it softens our connection to things. 
It's not ours. So when you're getting all crazy about it, it's not yours. You, you do what you can. What the Rosham wants you to do, like we learned last week, you do what you can do. And if, you can, and if that watch, you had that watch, now you don't have it, the watch was... Okay, say that. You don't have bylaws over that, now you don't have it. The more that a person detaches himself from this feeling of ownership, that it's everything is mine, all the things that I'm not talking about other people's things, from your own things, but these are things that everything is mine, to the extent that a person begins to separate himself from that, he feels more and more he begins to feel that the world is like filled with disposable uh, with disposable kalim. Is the word disposable? You know when you use something like a camera now you have one time? Is that the word? It's not something that that you form a deep relationship with, you understand. If you have a disposable camera, uh, only a machine will get very attached to it. <laughs> it's, it's disposable. Same thing like if you have an aluminum foil pen. You don't feel the same way about a, a foil pen that you would feel about some some good pot that you bought, uh, you know, uh, that you had to go to the department store and you bought this uh, set of pots for, for $100 and you have this pot and uh, I think it became trafe. Whatever, you know, that you, you feel, oh, I have bias over this, I invested money into this, and it's an expensive pot. But if it happens to it's a disposable pen, something happened to it, it's, no. So it's disposable, so you don't get connected to it, you don't feel an attachment to it. So we understand that to the degree that a person is able to is able to um, rid himself, or at least to to diminish this sense of bias, of ownership and control, of something belonging to me and being mine, so to that extent, to that degree, the person will feel less of the monsters in his life and will feel less under the control and under the influence of all of these different things that, that happen to him with everything that he has in life. It's disposable. You don't have a, an emotional connection. You don't have... But something is disposable. Tzadikim felt that even about... Tzadikim felt that even on, on things that are not like a pot or a pen. They're able to feel on even much, much bigger things in life. Not that they're callous. Just uh, because it's just the opposite. Chazal tell us that Sadiqim Mamoinim is Chavvalim. Yaakovina went back to get the Pachim Ketanim. He went back to get the, the containers. So Sadiqim appreciate. They're not wasteful. And Sadiqim appreciate things of this world. Because they understand that Gashboru gave this to me for this time to use it in the best way that I can. They're not Mazalzal on things of this world. This doesn't lead to an attitude of I don't care and uh, wasting money or being careless with your belongings or other people's belongings. That's not at all where this leads to. What it leads to is, as long as it's given to me, Hashem wants me to take care of it in a proper way. If it's no longer mine, then it's no longer mine. That's the disposable quality of it. Therefore, it doesn't hurt him if it's taken away. The person has to know that this is not an avoider that's only for a month or for two months. The person has to work on this for a long time. 
to separate himself from this feeling of bailus, from this feeling of owning, of of having. This is as far as kinyanim chitzayim, more physical and obvious things, alabayis, the house, alamamin, money, etc. That's to begin on that madrega, to begin working on, on, on those things and having this new way of thinking. And then to move ahead, that even how a person feels, a person's body, and even to realize the chachma that I have, or that I'm able to understand something, or I'm able to, well, remember last week we were talking about this, that a person could feel sometimes so, so upset when, when uh, let's say he was, uh, he went for an interview, and he found that afterwards, you know, he realized that he said something he shouldn't have said, and then he's, then he's so upset. I could have had that job if I wouldn't have said that, or if I would have said that, I could have had the job. And he can make himself crazy over those kind of things. I could have said something; it would have been different. When a person, when a person realizes that he doesn't even have bias over his own. Over his own thoughts and his own feelings and his own words, it doesn't mean that you don't have bechir chavshus. When you're in the ma'aseh, again, you have to do whatever you can to think it over and to be intelligent. You can't walk into the interview and say, "Well, it's all, it's all Hashem manaloshim. Everything comes from Hashem. Whatever I say." So the guy asks you, you know, why do you think you'd be interested in working in this firm? Say, um, I don't know. I, I, I like the colors of the. Of the wall of the room that we're sitting in, you can't just say what you're thinking. It's ridiculous. You have to prepare, and you have to go b'chachma, and you have to do the best you can to make your shtadlus be Afterwards, afterwards, I mean, this happens to me almost every time that I that I speak someplace, that I, that I realize in the shul just and not last Shabbos but two Shabbos ago, that you know after I, after I spoke, I realized that I left out the main thing. You know, I I left out the main the main nakuda. I forgot something. You know, and I, and I was thinking about it during the week, and, and I and I just forgot. It was the main akuda. Now it's already, you know, Musaf. And I really feel like stopping everything and saying, whoa, 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 Rabbi Sai. You know, I, I didn't explain this nakuda, but it's it's already too late. And everybody's davening. When I get up there and start stopping, I'm going to stop the davening. It's ridiculous. And then I have this thought, you know, uh, that first of all, it's stamagaiva, you know. So I could have said it better, and the island would have liked it more. It's, that's the first thing. To just that's ridiculous, and just to get past that, that that doesn't take long. But then the more upsetting thing is that there was a piece of Torah that wasn't properly given, and that and that I and I had in my head the whole Shabbos morning, uh, you know, before davening to to say over that to explain it, and and I just you know I didn't I didn't, and and then then that avoid is. And so I'll come home. So that happens all the time. I'll say to my sister, so my wife will say, "No, nope, when she's not able to be there, so what was the? How was the job?" So I said, "Ah, I, said, I left. I left out the whole. I left the main thing out of the Torah, and it didn't make any sense." So, uh, so my wife always says the same thing. She says, "That's what she says." Hashem man Apparently, those were the exact words. It wasn't going to be a word more or a word less. In fact, you finished with it, and that's it. That's what you said. And maybe if you would have said. If you would have said it this way or that way, you think that it would have been like better, and it would. But I said, you know, but I'm always thinking. But I, I left out the the main point. I was, that's that's how it is. And again, it's not. 
we were talking about this last week, remember, with the, dri- with the driving, and it's a good thing that I didn't, we'll talk about it again, and then it's a good thing that I got out, you know, with the wrong exit, because otherwise I would have gotten killed. That, that whole way of thinking, which you don't have to come on to that. So, you know, uh, it's a good thing I didn't say the end of the Dvartara, because, you know, it might have insulted something, because the, the end of the Dvartara said something about, you know, vegetarians, and then maybe the vegetarian would have been very upset with me. You know, that's not, that's not the Mahalach. That's not the Mahalach. Mahalach is that, that was the, when, that when I was in that place, and I was standing there in that place, and I asked Hashem that I should, that, that I should be able to say the Torah, that the Islam should be able to understand, and should be able to somehow, in some way, whoever needs to hear it, and is able to hear it, will be able to grow somehow, at least in his understanding, and even more so, maybe to become a, a better person. And and if none of that worked, and if I botched up the whole of that Torah, which I've done on countless occasions, and it wasn't clear at all, then I know the end of the pshat, and I always say, then at least that I should I should think about it instead of being annoyed that I didn't tell a few hundred people. But what about thinking about it myself and trying to become better from that moshav myself? And then I have a, you know his from it. At least then at least you you're the only one that knows the end of the of the of the Jewish. So. So say to yourself, and maybe at least one person will, get, will, you know, will have a, a toilet from it. And that's all. What avoid can I do right now? Right now, I realize that I left out the, the, the main thing. So say, I can't go back and change it. So what can I do right now in this, in this mitzvah that I'm in? That's the only thing you could do. It's like with everything in life. Each person, with, with, you know, obviously, when you're saying divrei Torah, it's much more, it's, you're in much more of a dangerous situation than when you're just buying and selling you know, million dollar buildings. Because he's saying Dvar Hashem. You're not talking about this property, that property, even though you have to be very careful because it's a Mish, but you should be honest. There shouldn't be a word that God forbid is dishonest that comes out from a person's mouth. But when you're saying a Dvar Torah, if you don't say something accurately, you know, it's, it's a Dvar Hashem and you, and you have to be careful. You have to be very, very careful. Like a cipher, like the Gemara says about a cipher, that he makes one little thing in a letter. It's, it's wrong. He could be destroying Elamis. You know, it could ruin worlds with a mistake. You have to be careful. If you can still go back, <laughs> if you can still go back, yeah, but let's say you're ready there. Yeah. Then, then it's for found. So now it's plan B, which is really not plan B, apparently, because right. it's really it's really A1 or A2 right. with a little thing underneath it, which is Seder. Now that I have forgotten, well. <laughs> could be uh, depending on what you've forgotten. But now that I've forgotten the bottle of milk or the loaf of bread, now that I've forgotten, and this has happened before, and I, and I and I know that this is going to be very annoying to my wife. She needed it for the kids, whatever. So now in this matzah that I'm in, what's the ratznasha? And the ratznasha would be to appease and to find some way maybe to to be mechazik that Indian of that from now on that if my wife asks me for such a thing I'll write it down or I'll put it on my on my machine something that I'll you know what's the Rosh Hashem right now what could happen is uh, what do you think I have, I, have uh, I, I, I remember the stupid loaf of bread I have a million things in my mind because I'm trying to make a panosa for you because you want to go to Acapulco. <laughs> <laughs> that would be wrong. That's wrong. Oh, yeah, you want to uh, you know, have you think That's all I think about all day long is your bottle of milk. That's all I think about. And it's not like people, men haven't said those kind of things. They have said those kind of things. And what do you have? More important things than, than supper, on my, you know, than uh, to do this and to pick up that or whatever. 
So that that that's only the only question now in the present is, Rabbi Shalom, what are you telling me now? I, I botched up. Forget it. And and, and now you're telling me, Kaidam call to to ask in a in a nice and humble way for forgiveness. To apologize. And to say that it was it was insensitive of me, I'm sorry, and I'll I'll try to do something in the future that you know to make it better. So what else can a person do? But that's the Rasnavash that Hashem has not to get angry, not to start getting upset and so on, but the Rasnavash is that I should I should ask for forgiveness and go right there and try to be machazik myself that, it should, that next time I should be able to do it right. So, but not to say not to say to wife, oh, it's a good thing that I drove right past the grocery because you know if, if I would have stopped, then probably somebody would hit me when I was getting out of the car. That's not a shkaya. You learn about that. That's not a shkaya. We're going to talk about it in a second. All the big hashgacha practice stories. So the guy, the guy uh, went back to get. He went around the corner. To, to get his wife, you know, the, the milk. And he realized that he drove, he said, Tzadik, he, he had to go back a half a mile, and he went back to the grocery, and then he found out that if he would have continued, sure enough, there was a huge accident, you know, uh, a couple of blocks ahead, and that would have been for sure him in that accident, because he went back to get his wife the milk. That's a happy end. That's, that's, that's the can't be things. Like that, but that's not, the, that's not the way to live. And what he explains is that that doesn't build you as a person. It doesn't build you. It just makes you like a superstitious. It doesn't build you as a Jew into, into a Yerusha mind. It's not, it makes you. Even people that are not religious talk that way. You, you could see even people that are not from, they'll, they'll say things like that. They're not even people of the Muna. They're a very, very small Muna. They'll also talk about things like that. Thank God that, you know, I didn't go on that plane. How do you know well, okay, at least they, at least they mention God. It's a nice thing. But it's not building a person into, a, into what we're talking about, into Yerusha mind. That's what he explains. Let's let's return and emphasize. You can't work on this by yourself. All these avodas must take place with Hashem. You shouldn't just say to yourself, You shouldn't just say, "Well, Hashem gave this to me, and I guess He took it back. It doesn't belong to me." That's good. That's the beginning, but that's not going to do it. How do you do it? He says, even though even though it's true what you're saying, but that doesn't bring you closer to Hashem. It's good, but it doesn't build you into a person that's close to Hashem. The truth is what? You speak to Hashem's Baruch and you say, Who gave me this watch? Am I Bailam? Am I the owner of this watch? You speak to Hashem. All the tzaddikim became great, became tzaddikim like this. Or did you give it to me? Or are you the Bailam? Habay is Shani Garbo. You don't have to wait until someone steals your watch. Habay is Shani Garbo. Just to stop in the middle when you're sitting there. And you're enjoying it. Tomorrow night, be Friday night, you'll be sitting there. And it'll be Mechai Mitzvah Shem. The 
children will be in bed, you'll be sitting with a chumash and you, uh, for your favorite sefer, uh, you have, a, if you like, a, a warm drink or a cold drink and a piece of mezainus. It's a ganeidah, no? It's a ganeidah. So a person's mom is Shabbos. A person can to stop and say, who gave me this? To look around at the house. There's no one there. Everybody's sleeping. You say, look at the house. Who gave this house that I live in? This house that I'm living in. Who gave me this house? There are a lot of people that don't have homes. There are a lot of people that they're, they're freezing. Someone called me last night and uh, that, that, that the uh, heating, everything broke down. It was very cold last night. Who gave me the, 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 the house that, the, that this heat and the heat is working? And there's so many people that tonight, tonight, that are someplace in the, in the gutter and the place, and the homeless people, people with sorrows, or they don't have a house, or they don't have, or the, the windows are broken, or they don't have heat. And who gave me this? Who Is this my house? Or is this your house? A person has to look at the whole world as a world that's between him and Hashem and to relinquish it and to give it back to HaKadosh Baruch it's not mine everything in the world is between you and God it stands in between when you start letting go of it it says whose is it? it's yours so then there's nothing in between us because there are things that stand in between Hashem and, uh, uh, between us and Hashem Anochi Omeg Ben says in the Pesach in the Kosky said Anochi means the ego the I the, th- the thought that it's me that is mine, Omeid Benu Venech, and that stands between a human being and God. And to the degree that a person starts to let go and to say, okay, this thing, is this between, is it standing in between me and you? Say, no, because this thing is not mine. It's yours, it's only you. Then, there's no, then, you, then by doing that, you tear down the, 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 uh, the walls in between yourself and Hashem, because everything in life is a wall. Everything in life is obstructing God. And the only way that it stops obstructing him is, is, is that if it's his, and you give it back to him, and, and it's his, then it's no longer mine, it's me versus you, or me and you, it's only you. It's only you. Who done in ha'ilam shalah or shalah bar Who does the world belong to? Is it mine or is it kosh in this way of living, you live with Hashem in a way of nochach. Nochach means face to face. You don't have all your stuff in between. Your house is in between you and God. Your things, your children, everything. But if everything belongs to Hakadosh Baruch and you and you say, "Who's it? It's you. It's only you. It's yours. It's not mine." This this house that I have, it's not. It's not mine. It's yours. Then there's no argument whether you have whether you have a five million dollar house, you have a, or you have a fifty thousand dollar house. But if there was such a place, in, you know, in Zimbabwe, I don't know where they. It, it makes no difference. So a person's afraid if I if I'm moving to this fancy house, and you know, it's it's going to be bad for my Yiddish guy. No, not argument. If you have a person who lives in a small house, it's bad for this guy. If a person who lives in a mansion, it's good for this guy. It all depends on this question. Who gave me this? Who gave me this? Who does this belong to? Not that it's not just who gave it to me. Whose is it? It's not mine. And it's the difference of how you live in that house. Whatever the house is. 
If it's a small house, you don't get crazy about it. This is the Varshal, this, this is his, and this is what he's giving me to use right now. So, how can I live with the Ratzon Hashem in the house that he's giving me? So, the house that he's giving me has two bedrooms, has uh, only uh, two bedrooms. But this is what he's giving me right now. So, how do I use this to be an Elohim? And if he gives me a house that has in it, uh, that has in it uh, 20 bedrooms and 20 bedrooms, so this. it's the same question. It's not mine, it's his. So, what am I supposed to do? That's all. Obviously, the conclusions that a person reaches or should, should reach are going to not always be the same. But, but it's always it's always that the house is not in between me and God. As long as it's His house, it's not standing between us. If it's my house, then it's, then, then it stands between us. And it's more likely that the expensive house will do that than the inexpensive house. If it's my house, it stands between us. If a person doesn't live this way, he can get lost in the in all of the separation that's caused by the things that he owns, by the things that he believes are his, that belong to him. And to lose the entire Kirvis Hashem. And to lose the closeness to Hashem that he's trying to that he's trying to achieve. Sometimes the Rosh gives you something for a short time and then he takes it away. The person has it for a short time, then it goes. And a person should think. No. So it means Hashem knows and Hashem It's a reminder. Even if you haven't yet achieved Hashem, this way of life, talking this way, and bringing Hashem into the Mitzvahs, this will have a very, very powerful, positive way of bringing you closer to Hashem. In every single Nakuda of life, when the person's Avaida, the correct way to do the Avaida is to be misbeinim b'dvarim, to look carefully, to to look carefully at the situation, and humedaber, and to speak about it, as we learned earlier in the sefer. But to speak about it directly to Hashem, to speak directly to Hashem. Anybody that has not done that or doesn't do that, doesn't know what it means to have a keshet Hashem. To have a keshet Hashem. The same way that if a person has a child, has a wife, but never speaks, it just knows that there is such a person that doesn't have a kesha. Even though you know that you have this person, it's not a kesha. Speaking directly to. Besides that that will help you to acquire that particular avayda that you're working on by, by asking Hashem for help and speaking to Hashem about that particular avoda. In addition to that, by the very fact that you're speaking to him about all these things in life, that makes you closer. That, that brings you closer to him. So in truth, there are three steps, three stages. First is trying to work on the avayda, that everything belongs to Hashem. Not just thinking about how everything belongs to Hashem, but speaking to Hashem about how everything is His. But that's also not the end. Davening to Hashem and asking Him 
help me understand and help me, not just on my seichel, help me feel be'emes that I have no bailus of anything in my life. Help me feel it be'emes. Akedekach, that, that if I come out if I come out from the, 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 the store and I see that somebody smashed into my car, that it shouldn't stare me, it shouldn't move me in the slightest way. It's so hard, it's a madrain. It's a daven to Hashem's mouth. What's the difference between two and three speaking to Hashem and Davani to Hashem? Speaking to Hashem is, is that you're doing that avoid. In other words, you're saying to Hashem, who, you're saying, who does this belong to? It belongs to you. So stating what you know in your head, but saying it out to Hashem. Then the third part is the bakasha, to help me in this avoid, to help me and strengthen me in this avoid. So sta- stage Stage one is remembering that everything, it's just thinking about that everything is from Hashem. Stage two is talking to Hashem. This is not yet davening, but talking to Hashem about how this is His, that is His, it's not mine. And third is davening to Hashem that this, that this should be something which is clear to me, to have this chaskis in this. As long as a person does not live in this way, with this clear understanding, if you don't understand, if you don't, in your head, no, if you don't believe in your head that everything belongs to God, so then it's very hard to move on to the next, to the next stage. If we don't work on this chapter, what we're learning right now, on this Indian, it's very hard to move on to the higher level of Ahavas Hashem, which is Enet Pliyvedavah, which is not because of my things that Hashem gives me. It's the higher level of Ahava, which we're going to learn about, which is Enet Pliyvedavah. It doesn't. It's not because of what He gives me. It's because there's an Ahavas Etzim that my, a love for Hashem that does not have anything to do with what He gives me. If, you, if we don't acquire this first level of Ahava, which is Pliyvedavah, which is a love that comes from Thinking about and speaking about and davening about the mitzvahs, the true mitzvahs, that everything is Hashem, and everything that I have is given to me by Hashem. Then, it, without that, it's very hard to move on to the next stage. Kasher, advarm adayin lahufnamu belev haadam. If what we've learned so far has not yet penetrated into the person's heart. And if there's still a part inside of us that feels that it's not that Hashem is giving me my hands and my feet and my chachma. Of course, in our seichel, we know that Hashem gave us our hands and our feet. But if we don't feel it, be'emes, be'emes, be'emes. Then the fact that Hashem is giving it to you every second doesn't give you more of a feeling of love for Him, or to feel the love that goes into Hashem giving it to you, because you still you still have this feeling that it's mine, and you still have this feeling that I got it because I worked for it. I got it because my you know my parents had me, so I have my hands and my feet. Not that every single second the Baruch Hashem must spear that to me. Every single second He's giving it to me. So if you still have this feeling that I did it, or I got it, or my parents gave it to me, or whatever it might be. So then, how are you supposed to feel a love for Kodesh Baruch under those circumstances? You don't. That person only sometimes feels Hashgach HaPratis, but not, he doesn't live with Hashgach HaPratis. And that's what he says we were talking about last week. 
You sometimes hear Shaiman al Famin. Sipurim Nifloim. Here's where we get to the column in the newspaper, in the Jewish newspaper. An amazing story of Ashgah Pratis. The guy st- decides to stay a little bit late for Slichus, and that's. You know, see, he didn't go to the, uh, to the to the World Trade Center that morning because he stayed later for Slichus. Right? And we hear these stories. Like, of other persons misspell from these things. But uh, as we said last week, but if if your moon in Ashgah Pratis depends on these stories. It's nice. It's a good thing to hear. But if that's if your whole if your whole connection to Ashkoch is once every you know, tragedy that didn't affect you or your cousin or something, uh, if that's your whole connection to Ashkoch then then you, you you have no kibbutz Hashem. It's just uh, for that second that you're impressed by it, but then but then it goes away. Maisim Kailu Stories like this are printed in the tens and in the hundreds. Much more than that, in the thousands. Mishuk sas pnimi. And again, it always has. If you have an, if you have a child that's smarter, so he'll say like, okay, like that's the scripture brother that you didn't go to the World Trade Center. What about so and so that he, that he was killed in the World Trade Center? Why he's so much better than him? It sets up more theological problems than, than you resolve. So you're saying, of course you say, I'm grateful to Hashem's book that He saved my life. And there's no questions as God have brought this. But the Ikir, the Ikir is not that the children should hear from us like once in a yoival about these stories. That's a very dangerous way to raise uh, a, a from child. A child has to live with a Kashbarah. I heard a very nice thing. Somebody was telling me that they do this at the Shabbos table. One of my, one of, one of my Talmudim said that he was in a neighborhood Maybe I know where he was for Shabbos in Lakewood, I think, and he was staying by a very nice family, and the um, and after they make kiddush, whatever, and they and they wash, so they so the mother said, okay, every, we're going to go around the table, and everybody, I thought it was a beautiful thing, everybody should say over something this week, that this week that that they that they saw that that is uh, that Hashem Baruch something this week that they felt or they saw Hashgacha Pratis they were thinking about Hashgacha Pratis something like that I don't remember the exact Nusach and they do this every single week and each one of them from the time that they're little each one of the kids and the adults talks about something during the week uh, points out something where they where not them no you know I, I, I miss the train crash type of stories just regular day to day life and it becomes a hergel and each one hears the other one and each one then thinks about that during the next week. That this is like what happened to da- daddy or mommy, or this is what happened to Moshe, to, to Chaya. And they start to think in a, in a mahalach of a Instead of it just being, wow, I can't believe it, did you hear it? But in a, a mahalach of Ashgach HaPratis. And what I liked about it is that, that, they, that they do this every Shabbos. That's how they begin the Friday night table. They begin the table on Friday night by talking about about tell me something during the week that you that you that you felt that you felt in particular that the, the presence of Hashem to think about something like that to think about it now and then what happens is that during the week the kids think about things more they watch things they keep an eye on things and they think about it with a moon instead of it just you know uh, at some point later on somebody brings it to their attention they begin to think in a mahalach of a that's already that's that's great. 
The Mechaber writes, a person who is a deeper person, who has an inner life, hear this? It's hard for him to hear these stories. A Pnimi, a person who's a Pnimi, he doesn't go for these stories. What do you mean? He doesn't go for the story about the guy that, that you know, got off the highway to go to Minchin and the whole highway blew up. He doesn't go for that. He says, no, it says, It's hard for him to hear these stories. Why? Because, because to the person who's a Pnimi and a Mamin, it, it is sort of degrading to Baruch it brings down the level of how a person should evaluate his daily life. It brings it down to to an almost silly and and uh, silly and dramatic uh, way of looking at things, as opposed to the person who lives in, in a in a way of pnimius and tries to build up in his life a binion of living with the Bereshit Mamish every minute. And then, and then he reads in the newspaper that fine Jews are putting out this whole, you know, making this whole big to do about about something, you know, Hashgacha Pratis story. So he feels that in a certain way, Moridim at Slovis Erechis Yachasus Yom Yom. It causes the the feeling of moment to moment to be diminished, living with the Baruch Shalom every moment to be diminished, as if the as if the Baruch Shalom swooped in from far away, like Superman Lahavdul. You know, when there was something horrible that was going to happen, all of a sudden the man of steel came flying out and lifted up the damsel in distress and carried away. And the villains were just standing there shooting. So that means that that means like when Superman comes from far away and, and picks you up and takes you away. So there are simple people. There are simple people. That's the whole the whole hasaga is limited to those Superman stories. Except God is the one that wears the, the uniform. A person is more pnimi, a more, a more pnimistic person uh, finds those uh, annoying or objectionable or worse. Not that he, not that he doesn't believe that it's God, but that's that's the barishlam. That's the barishlam. He comes once, uh, once every uh, uh, every shmita or yarvel to save the damsel in distress. And what about everybody else? It's not the mahalach. The mahalach of is living with the barishlam in the day-to-day things. Who gave me this house? And to, and to feel a connection to Gosh Baruch was sitting in the house on a Friday night, on a regular thing. Not just not just the part of the house fell down, it's a muzzle, it didn't fall on my head, that other part of the house fell down, not on me. That's very pathetic to live that way. It's very, very pathetic. And that, unfortunately, that's the usual way that it's that was taught to us and that was sold to us, the whole Yiddishkeit. And this, that's why these newspapers always like, well, these publications make these kind of things. It's not even good for the children. To, it's not even the. Not that when it, when something happens, the person shouldn't remember. But, but that's not how you, that's not how you build up a mom in with, with fantastic stories. <laughs> Instead of feeling in the morning when you get up, instead of feeling that Kashbaru was the one who gave me the ability to stand on my feet, he gave me the ability to stand on my feet. This other person, he doesn't see Hashem's Baruch getting him on his feet in the morning. He doesn't see Hashem's Baruch giving him 
the ability to open his eyes and to say Maidani, he doesn't see that. He just sees the near train crash. Or, you know, the Superman that came once in my life and took me out of some some potential danger. That's how Hashem is to him. You merely understand that person could go to work and he could, he could, God forbid, lie and steal and cheat. Because he's not, he doesn't live with the Rosh He doesn't live with the Rosh Now, if it would happen that, let's say, somebody you know, at, the, at, the, at work gets up and says, it's a favorite lie, and all of a sudden, you know, like, uh, all of a sudden, something, a tile from the ceiling falls on his head, and everybody says, wow. And everybody's curtain mishtach, and they get on the floor, and they say, look at that. Look at that, God. God dropped a tile on your head. He could have killed you. But he dropped a tile on your head because you were lying. So then, but no one's going to lie the next day. No, that's not. They won't lie maybe for the next 15 minutes. But it looks like the tiles are okay. And, they, and then they asked, and the guy came in they, to check the tiles, and he, and he puts a little bit more of this and tightened things up a little bit, and everybody's fine. You get back to the program of lying and making up all kinds of stories to so on. Because the, the, the guy came in and fixed the ceiling, and, uh, and even though Bishas Maisi, you were in this it didn't, doesn't change you. The, the uh, occasional tile falling on the head story doesn't make Jews into better Jews. Just like Kriya Siamstad didn't ultimately make us into Hashem's people. It's but like all the Balamus say, that the, that the that was a Shivchalayam. That after the Kriyas Yamsuf, she remained the maid servant. Even though when we were crossing through Yamsuf, we we, we we experienced an unbelievable thing about Hashem. But Chazal say that we were also that we even they were complaining about getting their sandals dirty. They were complaining that there's a lot of they got their feet dirty. They got them. So that's what you have in your mind. The Rosh Hashanah splitting the sea. It doesn't make you into a bigger person. What makes you into a greater person is living with the Kashbaru when the sea is not splitting. Which I told you once before. That's what the Halakha Rishon said. Why it says in the Pesach once. Once it says they went through the dry land and the water, the other person says they went through the water on the dry land. The reason is said because you have to know that walking on dry land is as great a miracle as walking through the ocean. That's why it says in two ways. It's no different to a mammon. It's no different to a mammon. And that's why, if, if all the person's looking for, uh, uh, pays attention to all the special effects and the fancy things, so then that's what that's what the Bali Musa said, that that the same person who was able to point to God, like Chris Yamsuf, to say Zekhel van Veyu, when he came out from Yamsuf, he was correcting, complaining, I can't believe it, i got to go, got to get my things dry clean, because i got my stockings got dirty, and whatever. So you remain the same small person as he spoke about. It doesn't change you, but him into a different person. The etzim of a person is not changed from the occasional dramatic stories of Ashgachah protest. That's why people are very comfortable telling these stories and they can, can lie back and I catch on Friday night and read one of these newspapers and, and say it's really nice and if it's particularly impressive they'll, 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 uh, you know, they'll share it with their loved ones and everybody says, wow, wow, wow. You know, pass the peanuts and it's like uh, you know, going to the movies. So it's, the only thing is that, good, you said it's God. But that's not how you build up a person to a man. It's not what it means to be a mammon. It's not a pnimius. It's a As if the only thing that the Bani runs are the special effects. He doesn't take care of the regular film. Just the special effects. It's not the way to live. It's not the way to become a mammon. And a lot of you fell into these kind of, uh, into these superstitious things and this whole way of looking at things. 
So that's why you can find someone that they'll also go into getting all kinds of, they'll go to Mukubalim and, I mean, Sadiqim, they go to all these, they go to all these, I don't know what they are, charlatans. Even the ones that are legitimate, but the people that run to them, and the person could be doing all kinds of affairs, and, and he's looking to get some kind of a charm or an amulet, and that's going to, he's blessed by the, by the tzaddik, and now he's going to be safe. You tell him, but you have to go looking for amulets. You're Balash now, you're Chal Shabbos, you're Chal and you're Mizana. So the only thing that's missing in your life is you didn't get this bracelet or this necklace. That's what's missing in your life. There are ices and there are abundance all over the place that you're messing up. And the only thing in your life that uh, that you are now that now your whole life is corrected because because somebody gave you a, somebody gave you either an amulet or they gave you a recipe and says like you know by Kiddush Levani you should walk around your car seven times or something and shake the chicken. And then everything's gonna be okay. I mean then then the, then my kids are gonna be fine and everything's gonna be fine. Panos. Yeah, go around the car seven times, shech the, ch- shech, uh, the chicken, and make sure to leave by my gabai, uh, uh, you know, check. And you'll be fine. And people go for these things, left and right. You see, people are running for these things left and right. It's, it's because this is from the same mahalach. It's not a pnimius of amuna. It's not living with a Kaddish Baruch. So then you, 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 then you want somebody that you think has a special hookup, and you go, and it gives you some hocus-pocus. Mostly, as you know, it's Nairishke. I mean, there are some tzaddikim, but of course, of course go to a tzaddik. It's the very beginning to go to a tzaddik for a bracha. And even in Indian, even the Emerson Makobolim, it's not the way, uh, we don't have a Messiah to go running through these things. Because to be, to do tshuva, to be an elchid, and to take upon oneself something, in you know, not to start running for, for all kinds of, uh, all kinds of uh, rabbit's feet and things like that. So this became such an Indian with Eden. They have even people are not are not shemim mitzvahs, not shemim mitzvahs. They have such a thing. That's it. That's not how that's not how you live with a kashbar. Vaday shemishu rochak me'amuna. A person who's far away from the muna, we understand. Sipuri hashgach Elohim hashlav harishon shayod who nechnas lom shalshgach b'seider. Someone is far from the muna. Then then maybe you know it's the beginning to hear some stories like this. It can get him thinking. You know, he hears some amazing story what happened to this, you know, or what happened to him or to a tzaddik, and he, he hears it. It's a, but it's a very, very, very elementary, basic, and shallow way of having emuna and having a relationship with Israel. The same that I was mentioning a few weeks ago. Everybody thought when they when they start to look into these codes, everybody thought that this is going to bring the whole world back to Israel. And I and I never talked about it all the years in shul. I don't talk about the codes. I never, even then when I was teaching in, in the high school, and some of the other teachers were going to sugar with this, and they and they made they they wanted the slides, and they wanted to make, and they brought in the people to show on the wall all the things. I didn't like it. I said I don't. And I said go let them go. I don't I don't go for that. We'll talk emuna pshuta in getting up this morning and these things. Not not that that if it, you know it stims. And now it says in the it says in the codes that uh, you know uh, your birthday and your name, and that's a tyrant. The whole thing I find this day is true. Just for perm, for perm, perm of other, but to be away, and that's the how a bare vice man of the tzaddik who's, who didn't have a computer he just did it with his head. Found the tzaddikim show that there were amazing hints in the Torah. It's a gewaltige thing, but as a way of amuna. It's something which is a parperis l'chachm, which means like it's like dessert. It's delicious. 
it's a nice little thing at the end of the meal. So you you have a you have a nice uh, thing at the end of a dessert, but it's not the emuna. And that's why you can see that people, if a person's building his emuna like that, then it then. So there are all the people worried. What happens if it doesn't work? Or what happens if they find in 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 Shakespeare that it also stems like that? that you know, you can make all kinds of codes. So, so. A true mom doesn't care. It doesn't if it stems in Shakespeare, it doesn't stems. If it stems in the Torah, it doesn't stem in the Torah. It doesn't make a difference to me if it says this my name in the Torah. It doesn't say my name. It doesn't make a difference. To me. I don't care. That's not my. That's not the binning of my amuna. My amuna is not hanging on some thread of of some fancy uh, some fancy interesting things. Although it's true, the Torah hasn't it everything. I'm not dispelled from that either. I'm not dispelled from that, but it says in the Torah everything's in the Torah. We misspell from that, but that that a person to build the amuna with those things, it's also it's not a pnim, it's a chitzayin, and the whole isik in that is a chitzayinistic isik. That's why the chaver themselves that were into the codes, they realized as the years were going by that it's not enough just to blow the people away with these codes, but they had to have to give them shiurim and a basic yud gimli karma to talk to them about the amuna and to follow it up. You can't just show them these things and then leave them. Wow! And now everybody's going to go home and buy tefillin, but. They don't. They go home to the, they go home to the same of theirs. It doesn't uh, change people. So that's what he says. But to come into those Kumsayid, if you want to impress people and tell them these things that you see, that the Torah has in it all these amazing things, Kumsayid, that's the beginning. It's very, very big, very beginners. But a person has to stop and to look at things differently. To find Hashem and to see Hashem only in, in strange, unusual things and stories. It's cheapening. It's cheapening. Down, it's cheapening of the way that a who runs the world. It's a cheapening of Hashem. To begin with, to say this, like what children you begin. But to go on with that stuff, it's cheap. It cheapens the bunch. The true tzura that a person lives with. The same way that something unusual happened to me today, That's I went to the Yamsuf, that's the same way that I walk on dry land, and I got this morning, I put my feet, I have feet, I, I walk on the ground, it's the same thing. Every hour, is holding you. It's not a matter of his spilus, of getting all excited about some dramatic thing that happened. So it's a simple way that a Jew is supposed to live with Hashem. Not dramatic and not amazing things. It's suras chayim pshuta. When a person lives with this clear awareness and understanding and belief that everything is shaykh labayolim is Hashem's box, then niskos kairilov lagilam adregas ahavat liyvedover, then we can at least be zeicher to reach the beginning level of ahava atluya medav. But if you're only waiting for the once in the shemitah special do super duper ma'isa, or if you things that go get you got a big deal in panosa, and then you, you, you say halo, that's not going to happen. I mean, it might happen. It's not going to change you, and you're not going to feel any ahavas Hashem. Ahavas Hashem is an avayda. This avayda that we're talking about every minute of life brings to a feeling of ahavas Hashem, and that 
prepares us for the next parak, which is leading us into the madrega of even a high madrega of Enetli Vidava. But that is the understanding, the feeling, and thinking about how it's not just that Hashem gives me these things, but the reason that He gives me these things is because He loves me. And thinking about how much the Vashem loves me is is the next step in strengthening the ahava that a person has for the Vashem. Okay, so we'll continue here next time.